Welcome back to the Run In My Mouth podcast. I'm your host, Carly Sauer, aka Coach Carly. And today we are diving in to talk about running and pregnancy. So I have had two children. I've run pretty much my whole life, if you want to consider all sports and conditioning and running for that. Didn't get into actual running outside of organized sports until after college when I became a running coach. But love it. Love the sport. Think it's amazing. Would love it to be a lifelong activity. So I've learned to, to love it and leave it when I need to and cool it when I need to and ramp it up when I want to and can and have tried to impart some of that wisdom and knowledge and experience and you know success and failure and stuff with clients, friends, family anyone who needs or wants advice or to chat. So something that's come up a lot, I've done pre and postnatal training for, I don't know, 12 years at this point, 13 years. And uh, yeah, I guess 13 plus years. Let's, wow. Okay. It's been a long time. So I added running in that mix, obviously. And it's just something that always has its challenges in terms of advice and pushback or desires of clients, friends or family and advice that then comes. So (laughs) definitely can run the gamut of exciting and nervous and sad and scary and all the things. So today we will talk about some big pros of running into pregnancy, through pregnancy and beyond and some top concerns. So every body is different. Let's start with that. That's a great baseline. Every pregnancy is different. I will give some of my own experience and anecdotes as we go along, but this is not focused on me. These are sort of general tips and uh, some knowledge to come your way that you can take towards your life, whether it's specifically for you, it's for a friend, you're a fellow coach and you're looking for some sort of, you know, answer or guidance for your clients or, you know, whoever, whoever is involved here. So the pros, number one pro, mental sanity, right? Running is a wonderful tool, just like walking, just like biking, to just sort of be out there, out there in nature, out there in the elements, getting your fresh air, all of these things just can help ground you, help bring you back to reality, help you love your body, right? Love yourself, congratulate yourself on on doing it. I think that's the biggest thing people lose when it comes to endurance training. They lose the concept of, I get to do this. Instead of always harping on and being stressed about and being like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go for my long run. I have to do this. My coach programmed this. I have to do it. You don't have to do anything. In fact, you get to. You have working legs, working arms, a functioning heart. You have you know, mental sanity to, to grasp a program, to understand it, to, to want to do it. So we need to have a mental shift there to always be grateful for having a healthy body that allows us to do these things, okay? So mental sanity that comes from running 
is a huge thing. I don't think I've ever experienced anyone personally come to me after a run or after a race and say that they regretted it because they feel worse. Not to say that you might have a nagging pain or injury or something like that where afterward you're like, yeah, it probably wasn't such a good idea. But they never say, I feel terrible. I feel so much worse. I'm more sad. I'm more angry. I'm more, never. So huge, huge boost there. Huge positive result is mental sanity. Keeping yourself just focused and excited and loving life and in that space of gratitude. Now, along with that is sort of an endurance, a mental endurance and a physical endurance. So a lot of people find running to be very, very difficult. And it is. It's not easy. It's definitely difficult. So the endurance that comes from doing it, there's no doubt about the benefits there. So you're benefiting your body on so many levels and just point blank is the fact that you're going to get more stamina with that endurance, more stamina for your day here, running into pregnancy, more stamina to be pregnant, to be healthy enough to conceive, to be in a good frame of mind and and fit enough and, and stable enough to have a nice birth experience, and then to come back from birth in a recovery that has the stamina to withstand everything going on in life, plus having a newborn and being postpartum. Having a newborn to siblings, to you know your partner, to whatever, is one thing. Having a newborn to a postpartum mom is a whole nother can of worms, a whole nother can of worms. So really setting yourself up for success for that season of your life, wildly important, needs to be prioritized needs to be top of the list all the time. So running will give you improved mental health and sanity. It will improve your endurance, both mentally and physically. In turn, drive up your stamina. It's like a resistance to adversity, resistance to giving into pain, resistance to having cravings, food cravings. If you're craving dessert and you take yourself outside, you go for a walk, guarantee your craving will go away. Same type of logic there. An obvious positive effect of running into pregnancy, whether it's again, pre, during, or post. Staying fit, right? Nobody goes out for a run, signs up for a running program, adds running into the regiment to get fat. That's just, that's just not a thing. You're not like, oh, I'm going to go for a run and simultaneously shove donuts in my mouth. (laughs) A lot of clients text me, uh, I don't want to say daily, but definitely weekly of the quote unquote balance of life that they are training, but also having a glass of wine. They're training, but also eating a whole pizza. They're training, but also had a big ice cream sundae. Yeah, life is balance, right? Life is balance. Anything in moderation will likely be okay for you. Again, generalization, swooping thing to say there, but moderation is key. It is a good thing. 
it's it's not going to be a bad thing. So if you're going to go out and run 10K and you come home and you're like, oh wow, I'm I'm pretty hungry, and you add an extra scoop of peanut butter into your shake for recovery, that's cool. If you add an extra scoop or two or three in your shake every single day, even on off days, probably not so good. Right. So keep things in perspective, keep things in moderation. Staying fit is a very obvious positive outcome from running. Two things that go hand in hand are health levels. I'm not going to do uh, a deep focus here on the complete science behind it. If you are interested, if it piques your interest, if you have questions, if you want more knowledge here, please leave some feedback, leave a comment and uh, or a voice note on you know the episode website. And we will be sure to take this down a bit of a rabbit hole, but very surface level here, your blood sugar levels and your blood oxygen levels are both going to be better if there is running in your recipe for your life. So blood sugar will be helped to stay in check with any exercise, but running has its added benefits there because of the spikes in your heart rate and just the whole rev it gives to your system. So blood oxygen levels there, same thing. Cardiovascular exercise, always going to help your oxygen levels in general, blood oxygen, blood is what carries oxygen through the body, right? Here we go. Already already on the, on the brink of heading down a rabbit hole here. I love this stuff. So again, if you ever wanna talk deeper about it, you wanna know more, it piques your interest, please say something. So getting oxygen pumping around your blood, pumping around your body, getting a better rate of consumption in your body, having your heart be healthier, having nothing about that is going to produce a negative effect in terms of a direct result to running. If you have an issue, a blood issue, asthma, right? Some sort of consumption issue with sugar, with oxygen in terms of your breathing or keeping your blood sugar levels in, in check and insulin resistance, you have diabetes, that's a whole different ball game, okay? Here we're talking about baselines, just a gen pop, no specific populations, no you know specific diseases, specific issues. This is general positive outcomes from running. So those are gonna be your overarching general positives. In terms of pregnancy, all of those things as pertain to pregnancy are huge. I would really never think you would go to a doctor trying to conceive or having just conceived and having the doctor say, do nothing. And I'm a person who was put on bed rest for a while because I had a, a hard beginning to my first pregnancy. They didn't say like literally do nothing. I was still coaching virtually with clients and recording classes, but I personally could not do a workout, right? I had to be careful going up and down the stairs. I was not allowed to go for a run. I could do a very, very light walk, but again, it wasn't do nothing. Now, if you suffer from an issue with pregnancy, if there is something blocking you from doing physical exertion, again, that's a whole separate thing. But in terms of adding something into your program when you're trying to conceive or have conceived, running is not something that you're going to add in. If you're already doing it, it's okay and it's encouraged to keep doing it. 
but it is discouraged for you to, to add it in or to ramp up. So if you are trying to conceive, just maintaining a healthy lifestyle with an adequate amount of cardiovascular push. So if you like spinning, doing your spin classes or whatever, a couple times a week, if you like running, running a couple times a week, totally good, totally fine. Being in a marathon training cycle or pushing yourself to do like a trifecta of triathlons or whatever, I would not advise that. In fact, I'd advise against that. A nice, supple, not overtrained, not low body fat type of physique is optimal for conception. Um, and then and once you get into, into your pregnancy, it's going to really depend how you're feeling. I'm someone who got wildly nauseous in, in both of my pregnancies. And in my second pregnancy, I actually lost weight over the first half of my pregnancy. I like, could not get to a place where I was constantly gaining weight because I was just so sick for so long. And I was not working out. My first pregnancy worked out all the time. Went running all the time, you know, jogging, running, whatever you want to call it, did interval workouts, like coached, did weights, filmed exercises, filmed, um, you know, stuff for, for a job. I did all this stuff. My second pregnancy, I was like a dead weight, <laughs> but I gained exactly the same amount of weight both times. Body composition was actually better the second time. I mean, it's just crazy how these things equal out and are just so different, right? Experiences are so different. So we're talking about general experiences, general positive outcomes, and general focuses. Now you talk about concerns, the other side of the coin. You don't want to let your heart rate get too high. You need to think about yourself as the vessel for your child. So if your heart rate is going to be too high, you're going to be putting a lot of stress on your child no matter any stage of pregnancy it is. If you're in first two weeks, you're you know 18 weeks along, 30 weeks along, it doesn't matter. This is just general topic, heart rate, too much stress, whether it be life stress, cardiovascular stress, right? From running, from whatever. You don't want to push it so hard that you are breathless because you're not going to be able to get that oxygen consumption and transfer it into your child. Same thing, overheating. They tell you no hot tubs, no saunas, right? All the, it's the same. It's the same with exercise. You do not want to get so hot and so worked up that you are just blazing. And hand in hand with the heart rate, you don't want to get to the point where you're completely breathless, out of breath, wheezing, huffing and puffing. Usually when you're like that, you're also overheating, right? It's, it's a bit of a, uh, of a catch together. It's just not good. It's not healthy. You overheating, you're literally cooking your insides. It's like having a fever. You're literally cooking and you're only going to do damage to your child, right? You are cooking a human inside of you and you're going to overcook your human. So keep that in mind. Understand those things go hand in hand. And again, moderation is the best medicine here. With running and pregnancy, in conception, it's what I said earlier, whatever you're doing, keep doing it, keep it in moderation. Once you conceive and you're pregnant, 
You don't want to ramp up any of these things, especially not if you are someone who has like a fear of getting fat or a fear of, you know, uh, your body changing. It'll become a bit addicting. You'll, you'll definitely do too much and you're going to go overboard. So really take a journal and write down everything you're doing. Stay on top of it. Have an accountability buddy, whether it's your husband, a friend, or you take the very proper step and hire a coach. A big downside is your pelvic floor and not realizing the issues that come along with that. As you have your baby growing and getting bigger and all your organs moving and the weight carrying and shifting, the, the tax on your pelvic floor is indescribable. It's a lot. That can lead to so many different things. You just Google pelvic floor therapy or pelvic floor damage, and you'll see all of the like horror stories that come up and everything. It can damage holding in your pee, can damage your sex life, can damage any sort of leakage or could, you know, any, anything that goes with where it's located, right? It can help. Um, I mean, it can hurt your ability to have a strong core because that is the bottom of your core. So there's exercises, right? Kegels, you've probably heard of them. Stuff like that where you do holds and, and just get engaged in your deep, deep core that'll help you strengthen and stay strong and all of that. My rule of thumb when I was pregnant was if I can't engage my pelvic floor while I'm running, I have no business running. Not the entire time, obviously. I'm not engaging my pelvic floor for a 30-minute run. But if I can't find it and engage it while I'm running, I have no business running. Again, that was me. That was my own thing. Not something I imparted on clients unless they asked and were concerned about it. But for me personally, that was a thing for myself. Another thing under sort of the itemized side here of concerns is the laxity of your joints. So as you get pregnant, as especially as you go through your pregnancy and get prepared for childbirth, you have all these hormones raging through your body, a lot of which are expanding your joints and allowing for the baby to go down the birth canal and for you to physically push a baby out of your hips, right? Out of your pelvis. So in that, it's not just your pelvis and your hips and stuff that are affected. It's everything. It's your ankles, your shoulders, your wrists, your fingers, anything. Some women get carpal tunnel during pregnancy, believe it or not. Others break ankles, bust up their knees. That's why a lot of things are not recommended in terms of skiing and sports like that. Obviously, the, the impact of it, but also the laxity. You don't have the same strength and control that you do when you're not pregnant. So keep that in mind. Stability exercises are key and very important. Doing work on your stabilizers. So when you would normally do a bicep curl of two feet on the ground, 15 pound weights, Maybe switch down to 10 and stand on one foot and do your same repetitions. So you're bumping down the weight a little bit, but you're adding the element of stability to the exercise, which again is in turn going to incorporate your core, going to hopefully make you engage from your pelvic floor and zip it all the way up and give you something to work on there. So when you look at pros and cons, there are more. There are more facets to the equation, but 
those are things just very generally, very sweeping, awesome things to think about, a great place to start when you talk about running and pregnancy. So running into pregnancy, running through pregnancy and beyond. So if you have more questions, more thoughts, you want to do a deeper dive here or there, please give some feedback, please reach out, make it known. And something that I want to leave you with, if you are a runner, especially an endurance runner, someone who really just, you know, pushes themselves, but also sometimes maybe gets bogged down, got to think about these stats here. Awesome things, amazing things to think, keep in the back of your mind. 0.01% of the entire world has completed a marathon. Less than 1% of the U.S. has completed a marathon. Only 15% of the U.S. ran at all in 2021. That's insane. If you think you're like thinking about running and pregnancy, and you think of that in just general population terms, that's just an incredible statistic. Now you talk about marathon runners. Average marathon runner is 40 years old. Again, what? It's so mainstream now. There are so many people out there doing it. So many people coming out of college and just crushing it. Keep in mind, this is something that could be a lifelong sport. Doesn't have to happen right now. If you are wanting to start your family, add to your family, and you're really wanting to tackle a race, a marathon, ramping up your fitness journey, those two things will have to diverge at some point, and then your paths will cross again to be able to tackle those goals. Your average male finish time of a marathon is four hours and 30 minutes. Your average female finish time is four hours and 45 minutes. Again, think about these things, think about these statistics, write them down, pin them somewhere. If you are someone who trains for endurance sports, you're someone who is very hard on yourselves, please just keep it in mind, keep everything in perspective, keep everything under the umbrella of your health is the most important thing. Your mental health, your physical health. When you suddenly don't have one, or heaven forbid both of those, whether it's from injury, an accident, disease, whatever it may be, you will be wishing, hoping, and praying that you had it. So while you have it, take advantage of it, stay on top of it, never take it for granted, and really do your best to cultivate always a healthy atmosphere, a healthy life, a healthy platform, and take that with you into your pregnancy, into your pregnancy journey, conception journey, whatever it is, artificial insemination, you know, on an IVF journey, if you're you're trying with your husband, if you're thinking about it, you're nervous, you're thinking about maybe using a surrogate, whatever it is, just keep in mind that your health is the most important piece and you cannot and will not bring your baby into this world without having a healthy framework. So start from there, lots of deep breaths. If you get to the point where running comes into the mix because you're having a healthy pregnancy or you are healthy and you just want to focus on it, use these general sweeping pros and cons. And from there, you can rest assured you'll have a solid foundation from where to begin. And of course, if you have any further questions or you'd like some clarification on things, you'd like to work together, you are interested in a deeper dive in some of the things we sort of cut short today, please do not hesitate to reach out. 
You can reach out on Instagram through a DM at Iron Diamond Fitness. You can reach out on X at I am Iron Diamond on Facebook for our business page, Iron Diamond Fitness LLC, or even just directly to me via email at coach at irondiamondfitness.com. Would love to hear from you. Love any input and feedback. As always, I've been your host, Carly Sauer. Until next time. As always, I've been your host, Carly Sauer, a.k.a. Coach Carly. You can find me at Iron Diamond Fitness. Y'all, keep running, one foot in front of the other. Chin up, eyes forward, arms pumping for power, and always remember to pick up your feet so we don't trip over the small stuff.